top of the world all right welcome back once again to the organic football podcast we're here in the ofp just grinding away till draft day here getting everybody ready for the big fantasy draft you know we uh like to use the salary cap draft in our league uh formerly known as the auction draft it seems the terminology might have been changed a little bit on a lot of uh fantasy platforms but same idea as far as i can tell otherwise we're in for a pretty big surprise on draft day but as far as i can tell it's uh same traditional uh, auction style rules and everything the name is just salary cap now so we have the 200 hundred dollar budget and we have some fantasy nuggets that we're gonna bring your way but before we get there uh, let me introduce my co-hosts and send it over to you first brad uh just check in over there man see how you're doing today buddy what's up Hey man, another wonderful Sunday. Talk fantasy football and smoking weed, so doesn't get a lot better than that. Yo, that sounds like a plan to me, man. I like that idea. And hey, just imagine when there's actual NFL games and smoking weed and talking fantasy football. That's even a bonus, huh, buddy? Man, Mark's starting to talk dirty to me now. Getting <laughs> <laughs> Brad a little bit too fired up over there. That's all right, though. Uh, we send it over to you, Rich, and you know, see how you're doing and everything like that and also uh you're our social media czar so maybe you want to update the fans and the listeners on where they can catch the ofp you got it man i'm glad to be back i'm pretty excited i don't know if i'm as excited as brad uh, but yes i am very excited uh, to gather back here today and talk some football again smoke some weed uh go through the news man yeah i'm, I'm getting stoked for the season it's coming up it's gonna be fun Looking forward to the game. So, but yeah, um, hit us up on the social media, guys. If you can get out there, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, hit us up on there. Check out our stories. We're always trying to throw some stuff up there for you to take a look at. So, um, and take a listen, guys, if you could uh, hit that subscribe button for us, man. And, and, you know, check out an episode, find a division you like, or find one of these recent conversations you like and, and check it out, man. They're, they're sounding pretty good. So I hope you guys will listen. Uh, I did uh, want to just say that I'm, I'm excited. Well rested today. We, we had a little uh, getaway to celebrate my anniversary. So that was killer. Me and Noel married 18 years. So I want to give her a little shout out. So I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. Looks like Brad is too. He's hitting the dab. <laughs> I'm calling you out, Brad. You're on that dab already. Hey, man. <laughs> Organic. There you go, buddy. I'm going to save it up, too. <laughs> right on, Rich. Well, you know, congrats to you guys on the anniversary. 18 years. Hell yeah, man. That's something to celebrate. It was great. High school sweethearts, guys. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, all right, guys. We're going to hit our news and notes. And, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the social media, Rich. And we're just cranking out the content. And as the season approaches and once the season's here, uh, you know, we have some pretty big plans on cranking out quite a bit of content every week for you guys. So, you know, make sure you guys stay tuned out there and uh, we'll get it done for you and help carry you to a fantasy championship. It's all about putting that trophy on your shelf at the end of the year. But let's hit these uh, news and notes, guys. And 
catch everybody up on what's going on. We're recording this episode Sunday, August 23rd, and coming at you with the latest and greatest in the world of the NFL. And we'll start down there in Tampa Bay, the uh, toast of the town, the talk of the offseason. I mean, everybody's talking about these Bucks this year. How good are they going to be? What can they do? You know, Tom Brady is on a new team for the first time in his career, his illustrious career. And Turns out uh, during practice and training camp, Rich, uh, Brady was spotted throwing some 60-yard bombs to the likes of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So uh, what does that tell you about Brady's arm strength at the his ripe old age of, what is it, 42 now? I believe he'll be 43 for the season. I think that's coming up soon here. So um, maybe he is actually already 43. But yeah, this guy, I think that's what I kind of alluded to when we first initially talked about Brady and Tampa is like a rejuvenation and probably a rejuvenation of the arm. And I think Colin was talking about it a little bit this week. He is going from New England, a place where it's cold, it's bitter cold. And so if you're 43 um, and you can shift down to a temperature like Florida, <laughs> it's much better. It's much, much easier on the body to take care of yourself and to be, you know, almost lubricated and ready to go. Look out, man. I mean, we've seen the video that I suggest you check it out there. Uh, if you're a fantasy owner or a football fan, go check it out. He's tossing dimes over 60 yards. So looking good, man. And that offense has got to be like the best offense in the NFL. Maybe Kansas City and Arizona. I mean, they got a lot of weapons, but they're clearly behind both of those. But holy cow, man, they've got weapons. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're loaded. I, I, I might I might say they're they're one of the most loaded teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got three viable tight ends, two number one wide receivers, capable backs left and right. Yep. And you got Brady under center and Bruce Arians, you know, calling plays back there. And, you know, he can dial it up and get an offense cranking. So one other thing about the offense, I, I think a struggle for that offense last season, I mean, besides Jameis Winston, don't get me wrong here, but that was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> uh, the clear struggle too on that offense was the offensive line, which they beefed up this year. They used their pick on Tristan Wirfs, who is like looking really good in camp. Kid looks good coming out on tape and is probably just your day one starter out there. And he's going to improve that line. So, I mean, this team is a team to look out for. I mean, there, there's hype and all that. I think with having the pieces that they have, you have, including their coach, BA, BA has that bravado to like know, hey, this is a championship squad. Let's go get this championship. He has that. And don't forget, I feel like they got a top 10 defense too. So that's going to help them out as well. The other side of the ball is, is stellar, man. That defense is good. Really good defense. And don't a lot of old people go down to Florida to retire because of the weather? <laughs> yeah. Just like perfect that Brady did that too. Don't call him old, man. He's 43. Come on. Oh, I mean, Chill. NFL years. Come on. Well, for yeah, he's old man NFL, but geez. yeah, that's ageless in NFL. That's like wonders. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. what are you? What Kool Aid you drinking, buddy? I want some. But yeah, anyway, it's, just, it's looking nice there, man. I feel like you should try to get invested if you can. I mean, you don't want to get overpriced on some of this stuff, and some of the sometimes that'll happen because of the hype. So you might have to steer clear of it because it gets overpriced. But if you can find the right price on in, on any of these pieces, I think there's value all the way around. They're gonna score points in that division. They were third in points last year, Brad, with 30 interceptions. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that number, man, 30 interceptions. It's like, God damn. 
I don't know how Bruce Arians didn't blow a gasket last year when uh, he had Jameis Winston out there. <laughs> so I was worried for the man's health last year. Like that's the whole reason he quit coaching was because of his health. I'm like, oh my god, he's he's gonna <laughs> his his bright red head is going to explode. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine every half expecting Jameis Winston to throw an interception? Like every half. He almost has to work that into his game plan for the game. Like, okay, we know at least there's going to be one or two picks in this half. No. I like that thought about Brady moving to the nicer climate in Florida. And, I mean, if he establishes a connection with some of these talented wideouts and tight ends, uh, look the hell out. So we're going to move along and continue talking about the Bucks. But, you know, B.A. did mention that Gronk last week wasn't adapting to the heat quite so well. And then, lo and behold, about a week later, he came out and said, oh, no, that's the old Gronk. He's back. So, Rich, uh, when you look at Gronk down there and the connection he's going to have with Brady, I mean, obviously they have an established connection, a Pro Bowl connection over the years. You know, they're both a little bit older, a little bit more tread on the tires, but this is just shaping up to be a hell of a year down in Tampa, man. I got to tell you, I came into this offseason saying to myself, Gronk is not in the cards for me. I I don't think it's going to pan out this year. But as it's gone on, I've thought about it a little longer. The guy took 18 months off, okay? So that can either scare you off, or if you want to think about it the other way, you can say, I like this. This guy has had the time off to become rejuvenated. So he's had the 18 months. His body's healed up from all the bruising and battering it's taken over 10 years. It's healed up. It's in nice shape now. He's ready to come back out. So yeah, like when he came out, he was a little out of shape. Okay. It took him a week, week and a half to get his feet underneath him. Now he's got his feet underneath him and he's fired up and he's looking good. Talked about that connection. Uh, (laughs) I'm starting to get interested. Let's put it that way. I've kind of flipped my script on him a little bit because, like, when we did our rankings, you guys had him a little higher than me, and I kind of called it out. But now that I've kind of, like, I've followed behind and seen picked up the pieces, I, I agree. I've seen the, the breadcrumbs leading to what could be success there. You should listen to your tone, Rich. I think you're more than excited. <laughs> uh, did I let the cat out of the bag? <laughs> yeah. A little higher pitch there. You're excited. Okay, I'm going to mute for a minute. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's why I had him number three, man. I mean, his talent alone, 18 months, like you said, he's rejuvenated. He's back with Brady. I mean, they got weapons around, two number one wide receivers to distract, so that's going to open up holes. And B.A.'s a totally capable coach to get it to go. So That is one thing I would say is that the tight end's not really the super integral role in the B.A. offense, but I think B.A. is here to kind of intermingle his offense with what Tom Brady wants to do, so I think Gronk is going to still be involved. In that red zone, you watch for Gronk. He's going to trust him. He's big. He's got those hands. I know I've talked about him, but he's got these hands. You throw him the ball, that ball will disappear in those hands. He just catches the ball. I'm curious real quick. What are you thinking that Gronkowski's going for this year? That might be different. I mean. That's going to be a big variable, huh? I see 25 to 40. Hype and a name, so it's tough. Yeah, I would think Gronk, I mean, minimum 25 would be, you know, you'd feel lucky if you got him for 25, I get the feeling. No, our top tight end will usually go somewhere between 30 and 35, which is about appropriate. And then so it like kind of cranks down from there. So yeah, if if somebody's ranking him third like Brad is, I mean, that puts him in that 25 range, 28 range. I picked him up twice last year with waiver moves, and he didn't even play. So I mean... You don't even need to get a lot of hype about the guy. If only we played Dynasty, man, you'd be yeah. square. <laughs> I do like the guy and his talent. He comes from U of A. I like him. 
Hey, I've definitely put guys on my team way too fucking early. I mean, they weren't Rob Gronkowski retired guys, but... Did you see that emoji with those eyes? No. I thought he was coming back. Oh, yeah. He did the, He did a tweet with the eyes. And Brad was like, look, that means he's coming back. It was like 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> I got to do it. You're really putting yourself out there for the audience now. You're really admitting to like these glaring errors. <laughs> and you can grow. But you got to be able to self-scout yourself and say, where am I like finding an error in my game? What am I not doing right? I, Brad and Jay were discussing kind of like not being great at uh, evaluating a wide receiver position. Well, okay. So take a look at it. Take a look at it and see why. Yeah, Brad, that's a big step for you, man, to, you know, come out and admit that that was an <laughs> error putting Rob Gronkowski <laughs> on your team last year when, in fact, he was not in the NFL. So Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> hey, man, these are growing pains, and you know what I've learned? You got to stay off Twitter, I think, man, <laughs> after that. Uh, just kidding. Brad, he's giving you a little scouting from out of the organization. He's saying stay off Twitter. That, that'll <laughs> help you uh, be a better fantasy manager. That's what he's uh, suggesting for you. Or don't read too much into the emojis. I mean, emojis can say a lot of different things, bro. I'm a glutton for the conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, guys, we're going to switch gears and talk about these Philadelphia Eagles, the running back, Miles Sanders. A lot of hype about this young man and the type of talent he possesses and his prospects for year two. It looks like he got dinged up in practice, uh, lower body injury. Uh, Rich, any thoughts? I know Miles Sanders is uh, one of your guys. Uh, what are you thinking hearing that he got dinged up? Miles Sanders with that infamous lower body injury that's kind of what we'll get out of camps right now is because they don't have to get very detailed with us so we'll get stuff like that so be a little tougher for us to read this offseason but uh, lower body injury a lot of times we're talking high ankle sprain which i know brad is of the opinion that that's like scratch it off red flag uh my feelings personally is disappointment because this is bad timing for it. It's, it's just tough timing. I'd be really invested in the kid as a healthy running back going into the season with a starting role. This is a tough injury to be taking from training camp into a season, especially with no preseason action going on. So we're not even going to get a lot of information. It's going to be tough to gather that information. So I'll keep scouring and looking. Obviously, if I get some good signs, then I'm back to interested. Otherwise, it's got to be at a reduced value because you could be missing a couple games with high ankle injuries. You know, if they want to just take care of it, they could wait six weeks. And then, you know, you're talking Miles Sanders starting week four or so. So you got to understand that, okay, now I've taken three weeks out of the equation. I've got to account for that production. Yeah, and he's a young guy, so you just feel like the Eagles, they might take the cautious approach. You know, they envision him as their, you know, RB placeholder of the future, the guy who's going to be their number one for the next four or five years. So they could take that cautious approach. So it's something you got to monitor for sure. Brad, your thoughts on Miles Sanders, buddy? You're going to drop him down your rankings a little bit with the injury news? If Miles Sanders was a stock, it would be plummeting right now. <laughs> no one wants to hear that shit. I mean, they're not even talking back legs or anything. So you know it, it's serious. Otherwise, they just come out and say it. So to me, red flag, stay away. Move on to someone else. Jay, you're going to get him for about 35 bucks. You don't have to pay 50 anymore. You're lucky. Well, I mean, he's not going to get him for 35 bucks. Let's put it that way. 40 He saved a couple bucks now. I'm just saying. I'm still interested. That's what I'll tell you. I, I'm not afraid of putting an injury person on my roster. And to be honest with you, Philadelphia likes to run a little running back by committee really anyways. So 
it was going to be a shift for the organization to have that thought process of here's the ball anyway. So the guys behind it, okay, we go ahead, we run our running back by committee. We've got that good. We'll do that until it's time and when he's actually healthy. So if I can trust that they're going to give him his time and he can heal, then I'm good to go. I'll sign up for the loss of production with paying the appropriate value on it, I can take that. I've taken injuries into seasons with that in mind about the injury. I'm going to say red flag, stay away. It is a red flag. But Brad, if, if you get some good reports coming up this week or next week, then he's in the middle ground. Okay, he's a little bit more risky than he used to be, but it might affect his value appropriately where I want to scoop him up. There's just so many other backs. I'm just going to stay clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Devontae Freeman's still out there on the wire. I mean, I've been pushing for somebody to bring this guy in. I still think he's a talented back. And, you know, maybe uh, the Eagles would be a prime landing spot for him, especially with the injury news. But they also got Boston Scott back there, so... Rich, I mean, if you're planning on, you know, Miles Sanders possibly being on your team, or would you be giving more thought to the handcuff of Boston Scott at this point? Man, I, I obviously saw Boston Scott a lot last year because I was a Miles Sanders owner. He's a really talented guy, but he's really undersized. So it's, it's tough for me to say that I would just pick him up as a handcuff because also he's, like I said, when you go behind it, they're going to be working towards a committee at that point. Boston Scott will still get a, a good a good increase in his value and his and his share, but I don't think it's enough for me to say you're the handcuff, you're Miles Sanders instead. So I, I would steer clear of it. I, I I'm of the opinion there's about maybe four or five guys that you have a clear cut workhorse type guy who would be the guy and have potential to be top ten after the fact because they would just be the guy. I only think there's about five of them. Corey Clement. Oh, that's right. Duh. Jeez. What a bonehead. <laughs> Corey Clement. So, I mean, trust in that. They've had him in it there for years, so they would definitely put some trust in him, and he'd get his share. So, so you'd be full-on committee mode. So, I mean, yeah, I, I am a little surprised, Mark. I mean, I, at this point, where's Devontae Freeman? Like, mm-hmm. this is what we were looking for. I mean, this seems like the prime spot, but maybe they want to play it out. They want to give him two weeks and say, okay, where's this thing at? what's happening with this injury it could be a hamstring too so like either one though like they're both red flags you don't want a hamstring either right i mean yeah lower body just doesn't quite uh you know give us any detail at all uh you know i usually see those type of injury designations in hockey for some reason but in football they're usually more specific but maybe not in camp i guess they don't have to be stuff so. that's the whole deal is during camp they don't have to say shit mm. They tell you things, but they don't have to be detailed. Whereas, like, during the season, they're required by certain standards of rules to say, like, specifically this, this, and this, on this day, what happened. They're supposed to inform you. I mean, I think some teams are a little bit tricky with that situation, but, you know. <laughs> Technically, Alex Smith had a lower body injury. <laughs> oh, well, I guess he could say so. that. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's how vague that shit is. Well, that's one way to put it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> God. Either that or he had a massive spiral fracture in his leg or whatever it was. But yeah. To his lower body? A lower body injury. Yes, I agree. That's true. Yeah, he could have <laughs> pulled a groin too. You never know. No doubt, man. Yeah, the, I guess as we get closer to the season and in season, we get those detailed injury reports. And of course, we'll be bringing those to everybody, you know, in our own way. You know, the OFP, we do stuff a little different than other fantasy podcasts, but we'll make sure we get you guys all that important info. But moving along, guys, uh, we're talking about these Baltimore Ravens, one of the, you know, hottest and probably most valuable fantasy teams out there across the board they're just going to have so many different players they're going to be worth something but a name i wasn't expecting to hear 
for sure. Des Bryant tried out with the Ravens last week. Brad, did you catch that story? And uh, what do you think about Des? Does he still got anything left in the tank, man? Uh, just wiped left, man. <laughs> I saw that story and kept swiping. <laughs> Not relevant. You seen him go to the Saints? I, I watched him. Trust me, Des has got hands. Des, when he played, he was a great talent. I loved watching him play. But he lost that speed. He can't make the cuts and he can't cut the route. So you're worthless in the NFL if you can't do that. It's just, it's crazy to me. There's no way any team would pick him up. I can't see him ever getting that speed back. And at the receiver position, Brad, there's always younger, faster guys coming in every year out of college, man. And it really makes it hard for guys like Dez, for these vets to, you know, to beat out that kind of speed and talent. I know. That's the whole game is that if you're a, a general manager in the NFL, you look at it and you say, well, I've got Dez, who's not really all that fast. He kind of would be a disruption. Or I can just get the young kid for pretty much the same amount of money. <laughs> get a young kid in here who's super fast and is, you know, 14 years younger almost. Like, what are we doing? Right. Yeah, we're not we're not doing this. Maybe that's a little exaggeration. 10 years younger. Maybe he should start doing sit-ups in the parking lot. Maybe that would give him a job. He's been doing a lot of training videos. and Yeah. I mean, he looks good, man. But, yeah, again, yeah, he's just – a GM's not going to go that route. He's going to say, no, nah, I'm okay. It would be different if Dez was kind of known as like a veteran leader who's going to rally the, uh, you know, locker room. But like Brad said, his career, he, he kind of had the reputation as a bit of a distraction, a bit of a wild card. I actually, interestingly enough, I heard an interview with him and – the girl who does the the cowboy stuff, Jeannie Slater, I think her name is, they did an interview and he sounds like he's got it like checked in now. Like he does sound like kind of like that different guy. Like I, 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 I typically say this, but there's a turning point for like everybody where they got to go like, I want to get this together. He sounds like he wants to play. He, he really wants to play bad. So he sounds like he's actually gotten the right mentality, but it is a hurdle for him in a general manager's mind of like, yeah, like. I don't know. He's He's been a distraction. He's been not the greatest leader, like you put it. Like, why are we going to bring him in and risk that? From what I heard in that interview, he does sound like a guy who straightened it out in that manner. I think this is the third team in a row that's worked him out and sent him home. So I like how the headlines are always like, Dez works out, leaves camp without a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dez, man. Jeez. Somebody give this guy a job. Put him on your team. Him and Devontae Freeman. Get him out there. They'll be fired <laughs> up. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, when I heard that story broke, I knew immediately it was worthless. Fake news. Yeah, yeah. fake news. The other Baltimore news was a little different, though. That had my eyebrow raised. Oh, I've got both of them up. Yeah, I agree, guys. On the other side of the ball, that story you guys are alluding to is uh, Earl Thomas, the safety for the Ravens, you know, the former Seahawk, former member of the Legion of Boom. He got sent home and then promptly cut from the team after a uh, altercation in training camp. Brad, when he saw that come across to see a veteran leader like Earl Thomas just get cut like that for conduct detrimental to the team, you know, what does that say to you? Don't throw punch people. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get kicked off the team if you punch someone in the throat. So, Is that what he did for real? He punched someone in the throat. That's my move. <laughs> That's my move. <laughs> The, the throw punch is the move you go to when you got to take somebody to the ground and quick. So uh, It said it just punched him. Oh, well, you're fighting someone with a helmet on, and you got to get in and get it on that throat. I might have projected that. Oh. Hopefully that's true, because that, in my mind, that made that was a really cool video. <laughs> I will say, though, it's funny because the, the guy you got in the altercation with, he's another safety. 
So they chose the other safety. <laughs> they said, all right, man, like, listen, you're out of here. We're going to go with this guy. It's at your same position. We are choosing him. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Brad. Uh, when you do see NFL players actually get into fights and they're kind of punching each other in the helmet, you're going, you're hurting your hand more than you're hurting the guy, man. You punch somebody in the helmet. but Yeah, slap the helmet. The yeah. throat punch might be the way to go if you're trying to. I think if you really want to do something there, yeah, you got to throw a punch. Yeah. Earl Thomas is a vet, so maybe he learned that move over the years. Eh? <laughs> Riddle me this, Mark. Where does Earl Thomas go from here? Yeah, I wonder, man, because this is an interesting situation. I, I do think he's talented. He's an older guy. Remember he had that leg injury against the Cardinals? He got carted off, and he was flipping off the crowd out here in Arizona. Do you guys remember that? No, he's flipping off Pete Carroll. Oh. He didn't get a long-term deal. That's what So he broke his leg. He was like, fuck you, Seattle. He was literally That's flipping right. off like the GM, basically. On the sideline. I think I think he admitted that was like his most direct like thing he was like thinking in his head was like, here's the fuck you to you. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I did not know that. He's got the right mentality to be a Cardinal, I think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Rich, I'd look this up. The Cardinals have exactly 12.7 left on salary cap space. Yeah. So I know they, you know, they just lost a, a safety. Well, they lost a they lost a corner, but they they are they do need help in the defensive backfield. Yeah. I mean, think about that knowledge he has against Seattle. I mean, you don't think it's worthy to bring him in? You don't think he wants to do the ultimate fuck you to them? I think it's something to look into if you're the Cardinals. I think they have pretty good safeties. Um, I do like Buda Baker a lot in that position, but yeah, but you got depth. But bring that guy in and, and having him kind of be an anchor back there and the knowledge he has on Seattle, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I think you got a really good point there, Brad. They got a lot of money left in salary cap. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to operate like I think general managers like to have about six or seven million kind of a little bit of operating room for like during the season for when you do hit some injuries and stuff. At least Steve Kime, I do know that from listening to his interviews and stuff. I know he, he's interested in that. So, But that still leaves about five, six million if you wanted to. Yeah. That's about good money for Earl Thomas for a year on a one-year contract, Kime time signing. I think it's perfect. It makes total logical sense. And especially with all these other teams beefing up their defense, I feel like they were in the front runner and now they got to kind of catch up a little. I'd have rather had them like beef up their defensive line, but since that's like gone by the wayside, I, I would say that that would be a solid signing. That's kind of my point is I feel like they realize they missed the boat there. Yeah, yeah. You know, here comes the Earl Thomas boat floating along, and they're like, "Fuck it, let's get him." It's got the anti-Seattle pirate ship sign. We touched on uh, Robert Alford's injury real quick. Tough injury, man. I, I was disappointed in that. I was disappointed there. Robert Alford went down. That's a that's a key injury. Last two years, he's gotten injured in camp each year, and he's supposed to anchor that defense across from Pat P. Man, and, and just really solidify our defense. But they did uh, they did go out and sign a, a bunch of corners to get in here. They signed um, Drake Kirkpatrick, who's from uh, the Bengals. He's been there for a long time. Pretty good corner, man. I got pretty excited when I saw that yesterday. So I like that. And then they signed B. W. Webb which I think I've heard that name before. So he's, he's probably pretty solid. It sounds like they're at least getting bodies in there and trying to work out the problem, address the issue, because obviously that's an issue now. I mean, that kind of tells me they don't know who it's going to be. They don't like any of them, so they hope one of them pans out. I think actually the Drake or Patrick one, like I think that's going to work out pretty well. He doesn't have to be like all pro or anything, but Earl Thomas is a safety, so I'm saying they still they would have needed the corner situation anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it both. I mean, start start solidifying things elsewhere since they've kind of like missed the boat on doing defensive line stuff. Like time to look at just solidifying everything on the back end. Yeah, and they've been searching guys for years. It seems like you know the Cardinals have for 
somebody opposite Pat P who is just solid. Just hold down that other corner position. Let Pat P do what he does. And, you know, it's going to be effective. But they've just had so many different guys in and out of here that have played opposite Pat P over the years. So hopefully they can find a guy who can stay healthy, you know, and uh, stick with it. And Drake Kirkpatrick, I like the idea of that, Rich. Uh, I am kind of a fan of his. You know, he made some nice plays when he was with the Bengals. So as long as he could come in and just, yeah, just be decent. I mean, he's a good corner. I mean, Robert Alford, man, that's what disappoints me. It bums me out because when you hear about his last two training camps, it's been like, this guy's fire. He comes in with like, just like this intensity. He's fire in in camp. So like if he could have ever just gotten that to the season for us, it would have been great, man. I I still think we could be a good defense. There I go again. I always use we with the Cardinals. I got to start doing that. (laughs) We. It's in your blood, man. You have season tickets, right? So you're partial owner. Isn't that what you mean? You're a. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm a shareholder. Yeah, a partial shareholder ownership role. That works, man. Yeah. So listen to me, guys. <laughs> you got the code to Steve Kimes' office. You just go and hang out in there, man. I wish. <laughs> All right, guys, and one more uh, quick bit that just came down today in the NFL. This will be our last little news and notes here, guys, before we hit the intermission. And thanks, Rich, for that little uh, Cardinals check-in. We'll probably do that uh, every week or so just to keep all the AZ fans uh, up to date on what's going on uh, with these AZ Cardinals because we are based out here in the wonderful uh, state of Arizona. Not so wonderful in the summer, but hey, we all grind through it. But anyways, guys, we're going to get to this last little bit of news and notes. And it came down today with this COVID testing that all the NFL is, you know, participating in. The Chicago Bears, for example, had nine false positive COVID tests that were originally positives. And then, you know, Matt Nagy and the rest of management had to, you know, make a bunch of decisions about whether to cancel practice or if, if they were dealing with a major outbreak. And then, uh, I don't know, what was it, about 12 hours later, Rich, it came out that, oh, never mind, those were false positives. So what do you make of that? I I also know what happened around the league. It wasn't just uh, the Chicago Bears, man. Yeah, apparently it's like, uh, I mean, it's all up in the the east there. There's a New Jersey lab. It's somewhere in the deep part of New Jersey, apparently, the the scuzzy neighborhood. We're getting, I don't know what's going on, but they're getting false positives, I guess. So I don't know what's going on. But the, so, yeah, a bunch of teams are getting positive tests coming in, and, and really, like, nobody has it. They're, but they're stressing out. They're canceling practices. Like, it's going to start affecting things. It's just something to be looking out for. We've talked about the turmoil of this season. I think that's where we spend it. Fantasy-wise, I mean, it's obviously tragic and no one wants to be talking about the COVID thing, but, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit fantasy-wise. You just have to be prepared for more turmoil. There can be a lot more shit that can go on. So, I mean, just even just the bottom line on the testing thing, it just seems wild, but... We're going to be talking it. We're going to be discussing it. It's something to think about when you are doing things. Yeah, that's why this year, more than any year, I'm stressing get more players, spend less at your top dogs this year, and go get the value because one of those top guys gets COVID. It's just like the big injuries. That's a huge setback. And unless you can really maneuver that waiver wire, you know, very well, I highly recommend getting depth early on. Yeah, see, I I feel like I'm a good waiver wire guy. I like in that depth. I like that reassurance. You know, worst case scenario, I can trade out the get-go. I think you're pretty good at waivers, Brad. No, I'm good at waivers, but I love drafting better. And I love trades. So you get those guys. I love trades. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Yeah, nine trades, nine weeks. (laughs) I call that team the shapeshifter. (laughs) 
Yeah, that was a complete <laughs> revamp that year, man. Let's smoke some weed. I guess we've arrived at the halfway point. Uh, I don't know, Brad. Look around, man. Cuckoo! That's right. Once again, it is time for that herbal intermission, and we brought you the news and notes. We talked our fantasy football, and now it's time to smoke. And, of course, we'll have some back-half discussions about uh, a couple more important items, including rummaging around in the dollar bin on draft day. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But, Brad, I think you're going to be the uh, guide today on the herbal intermission. So we are going to follow you down this path, bro. And let me know, man, what what are you puffing on today? Well, Mark, I'm not just your guide tonight. I'm your guide in life. So (laughs) you follow me, I'll take you to big places. You can lead a horse to water, right? Exactly, buddy. But hey, listen to this. I went back to my good friends down there at Harvest. And you know what they did? They gave me that same wonderful venom extracts that I've been getting. They hooked it up again. Again. You know, it's a, every day. You go in there, you get hooked up if you want venom extracts. And not only that, but guess what? And Rich, you're going to like this. Guess what strain I got? I got 10 of them. I was so excited. <laughs> green candy. Yeah, bro. That is a cross between green crack and Cinderella 99. I know. That's why I bought 10, Mark. Well, yeah. You should have gone for a baker's dozen, bro. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I only had enough for 10. <laughs> well, 10 is a good amount. How long will that last you, Brad? Three, four days? Yeah, it's not. No, three, four days. It's uh, It depends on how my day goes. <laughs> it's it's a lot of variables that can't be accounted for all at once, Mark. All right. No worries. We need calculators for that. <laughs> Cinderella 99. I've never heard of that one, but uh, tell me how that strain, uh, green candy, Brad. Let me know how that treats you, bro. All right. Well, actually, I'm going to take a little rip on this if uh, Rich will fill you in on some of this wonderful information. Uh, you said it's a cross between green cracks and Cinderella 99. I'm pretty sure of that. It's got me a different thing on here. But, but uh, I, what is it? I'll tell you, I like green crack. We all know that. <laughs> Oh, it's not green crack? No, it is green crack. It says green crack, yeah. but it also says uh, candy kush. Oh, candy kush. Candy kush. So it's right. kind of like a hybrid, but still just super energetic. It gives you a little bit of body high. Yeah, body high check. Well, uh, very energetic. Did you hear that? Did you, you check off on that one? Yeah. Check. And then I've got happy. Double check. Double check on the happy baby. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> what else we got? Is that it? Uh, a little bit of euphoric. You got that going on? Yeah. Yeah? Head to toe. Wow. Okay. Uplifted? Yeah. Right. I mean, that, I mean, who's happy and euphoric and not uplifted? I mean, that's kind of silly. It's like, no, I'm feeling really depressed, though. Like, I'm super happy. I've got my body's tingling, but fuck, I hate my life. Like, that's kind of silly. My uplifted quotient is way down there. I don't know. Yeah. Uplifted. I just feel like we're being redundant at this point. I know. They're all the same word. That is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It says I can go get some at Harvest. That's cool. There you go. I could have told you that. Why don't you take a hit? Yeah. Brad. Yeah, Brad. Even if there isn't Cinderella 99 in there, man, let me know if that glass slipper fits, bro. I mean, come on, candy kush, that doesn't sound good, too. The main ingredient is uh, green crack. I've had green candy before, I like it a lot. And green crack. Wonderful. Green crack. <laughs> green crack. Are you from Boston? 
green crack. Kid. <laughs> All right, we're going to smoke this, Rich. Tell them about this, that wonderful mix of weed. Yeah, let's see. I mean, in the terpenes, it's telling us. Go ahead, Brad. Um, I'm going to see if he, like, lines up with it. But it's telling us he's getting an herbal, which means just like that pure, like, kind of weed taste, flavor. Uh, a little bit of minty and a little bit of peppery. So let's see if... Uh, See if that kind of comes through too. Yeah. I always kind of like hit with those when it comes to the green crack. It's really potent. I've never had green candy in a shadow. What do we got, Brad? Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, one thing. I saw it on here too. It says AKA green candy. AKA. It's got an AKA, bros. Uh, AKA California green candy. Oh, the Cali green, bro. Cali green candy. Okay. Taking it back, back. There we go. Hell yeah. Well, that sounds pretty damn good, Brad. Uh, green candy. I like that, man. And the good people down at Harvest hooking you up once again, man. It seems like they like you, man. You must be a regular. I go in there quite often. I will say this, though. They are very efficient. You're in, you're out, and they're very, very pleasant to deal with. So That's awesome, man. And not only that, but they... That when you spend, they give you cash back. I even realized that I had a bunch saved because I never used it all, so I got a ton of money off one time. You'll have to let me know if they have any uh, smoking deals for the first-time customers. I might have to take a ride to the east side of town. That's what we have the internet for, Mark. I will look this up for you right now. Most places have. Uh, it seems like I think you were telling me, Brad, pretty good deals for uh, first-time patients. Yeah, highly recommend if you get your card which I highly recommend you do. But also, go check out every dispensary you can. A lot of times they got really good, you know, first-time patients. Worst-case scenario, get a free pre-roll. Rich, I remember I went to that one over by your house. I got 50 bucks off, buy one, get one free on an ounce, and then you got a $50 referral, too. So that was about the biggest I've ever seen, so don't expect that, but... So, yeah, I mean, and that was a little back in the day. That place is um, that place is cool now. That's That place is called Cure Leaf. That's who they're owned by now. They're pretty chill over there. I like Cure Leaf. I go in there a lot. It's still really cool in there. Um, I just think their deals have kind of, like, changed up a little bit on their new patient thing. That was almost too good to be true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was a lot of weed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess we can wrap up that little herbal intermission uh, unless there's more uh, smoke getting passed around I mean I'll keep puffing <laughs> All right. we're gonna talk about something where I gotta like remain stoned <laughs> fully blown alright <laughs> well let's go ahead and get there guys and uh, thanks Brad for hooking it up with the info on the green candy man I'm not gonna lie I'm gonna do one more oh. I know I'm gonna hit mute but just so you, you viewers know this stuff is wonderful I really want to emphasize that double check on the happy. It's wonderful stuff. That's what you want. Why are we smoking weed if we're not going to get a double check on the happy? That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm good with one check on the happy. Uh, one to two. It's got to be somewhere in there. Yeah. Give me some happy. <laughs> this is a good intermission, though. Good times. Good times, man. Yeah, that's good shit, man. All right, guys. So we're going to uh, enter the back half of the show now and... We got some interesting stuff to get to here. And, you know, for our listeners last week, you may have remembered that we had a special guest. Jay, our back-to-back reigning champ, was in the building. And he came and joined us for the whole show, so that was fun. We appreciated that. There might have been some uh, fact-checking that needed to be done. I don't know. Uh, 
We always try to be as accurate as possible on the organic podcast. It goes hand in hand, right? Should do a little. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we we shouldn't need to do some fact checking if Jay was on the show and he was incorrect about some things. So, what was that KC quarterback's name again? I'm here to give him some credit to. I mean, I'm not here to just bash away. I, I, credit goes both ways. I was wrong on some stuff. I want to go both ways on that. Rich was white. Jay was wrong. That kind of stuff. <laughs> so I go the other way though. Rich was wrong and Jay was right. That kind of stuff. So Marcus Mariota is not a top five quarterback. I don't think we're going there. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be like uh, anything that we post or anything on our materials or anything. You're not. You're not going to get the OFP stamp on Mariota as a top five guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit speechless when Jay said that. I think I just laughed because my brain froze for a second. But no, that was, you know, and it's all in good fun. I mean, we love Jay. He's awesome, a member of our league. But yeah, it was it was just funny listening back. And, you know, what was there another uh, situation where Jay was referring to Zach Ertz and, you know, how valuable he might be? But then maybe backtracked a little bit, Brad. What happened there? Oh, well, he said he's a beast. Always got to go with, you know, the most reliable guy. Guy can get it done no matter who's throwing in the ball. And then about 45 seconds later said because of uh, Godair, he didn't have much value. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a little tough for our fans to kind of, you know, they're writing their notes down to like Ertz, <laughs> starring him. I got to get him. And then they hear he doesn't have value and they're scratching him off. So, yeah. like, <laughs> we just want to say, like, when we present you things, we want to be clear with our thoughts. So when you're writing them down, you don't have a bunch of, like, scribble and stuff like that. So... Yeah, you're going to want to keep the white out handy if if you're following Jay's projections yeah. there. Because you got Zach Ertz, then you white that out. You got blow on it, let it dry. Now you're writing in Dallas Godare. And, you know, so just a lot of different uh, angles you got to look at. I mean, I think it was clear. I mean, I have no problem with Jay, like, kind of not being truthful. He is a two-time champion. He's going for the all-time three-peat. So, I mean, I totally get it. He He's tight lip. He kind of gave us that forewarning coming in. I was kind of like, you know, hoping that tight lip was for sleepers and like true guys, not like all players. I mean, I don't even think he said Christian McCaffrey was good. I mean, so, I mean, it was kind of tough getting information out of him. So he goes, it could be bad. Could be bad. Yeah, the quarterback could be injured. It could be really bad. Yeah. I mean, I got no issues. I think it was just so tight lip. So anything Jay said, just be a little cautious of. I think there was some subterfuge going on. <laughs> I had my whole list of things like that were like specific to me and him. <laughs> like, you know, like now you guys like just like went on him. I'm like, I don't know. Do I really even have the heart for this right now? <laughs> I think I got too stoned. <laughs> well, you can tell him where Jay was right. Where Jay was right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll still come get him. <laughs> I'll still come get him. No, I'll give him some credit. Let's let's do that a little bit. He did say uh, there was a point in the in the episode when he said. Um, He's the all-time points leading scorer in our league. And I kind of was like, yeah, I think it would be really close. He is, over the course of our eight years, because I've actually been in a little less in this league, those years combined, he's got me by about 97 points. So over eight years, he's got me by that many points. So he was correct. Oh, yeah. Rich did the math on that one. And so Jay was correct. He gets a ding. Oh, I didn't know you'd be prepared like this shit. Holy shit. 
That's wonderful. Okay, ding, ding. So I would point out that, yes, he is the all-time point getter in our league. I would be second. Going through my research, and I found um, that I, I've i got the second highest boom award. I got that um, last year with a 154 um, for a scoring. Hey, so, yeah, I got that. Um, I mean, that is like a weekly thing, but it is just something to point to. You know, I think him and I, in our minds, we kind of like battle as like, oh, we're like the big competition and we're like a little bit of a little bit of rivals, I, I would say. I think he tries to get under my skin a little bit. I think that was like kind of like I felt that was a little evident that he was kind of like poking the bear a little bit, trying to like get under my skin about some of the stuff. And it almost worked. I'm not really there for it anymore. I mean, I, I try to say it is what it is, that kind of stuff like um but, you know, I mean, some of the stuff too, Jay, you know, he was say, he said the thing about, oh, all the experts would have gone the other way on my decisions. Oh, I'd just like to point out that that's not necessarily true. Um, McLaurin and Parker are sitting there about three slots away from each other on people's rankings that week. So I, I, he's incorrect there to say that. To say that I, I went against what, like, experts would say and quote-unquote experts. Well, and I would also determine to you, like, to say to Jay – Listen, man, um, there's quote unquote experts, but you have to be your own expert at the end of the day, too. And what I think Jay like has a little like narrow focus of his site is he doesn't understand other people's teams very well. A shortcoming in his game, if I would put it out there, is that he really doesn't like pay attention enough to what's going on with other people's teams to like know. So like when he says, oh, I should have started Parker, he doesn't know there was bad weather report that day in Miami. So I wasn't going to fuck around with that. Why am I going to put my fantasy championship on the line when there's going to be some bad weather? It could get real ugly. Why am I going to do that? So that's another little instance where I just wanted to kind of point out, like, he doesn't know what he speaks out of turn, like not really knowing what he's talking about there. All right. So we're going to go ahead and call that one too broad of a statement by Jay to say that all the experts would have gone a different way. We'll give that one up. Sorry, Jay. No dice. And then the one last thing I want to drop about Jay is how how do you not say Patrick Mahomes? Call him the Chiefs quarterback, but yet know Rashad Penny's name. I just <laughs> it blows my mind. He had Rashad Penny drop like that, but he couldn't think of so many names, which tells me he likes Patrick Mahomes and these other guys. So it's kind of like you gotta you gotta read through the lines. He is naming him. So then it's out there. Like, oh, like yeah. who is that guy he was trying to talk to about? I don't know. He said Chiefs quarterback. I, I don't know. Moving on. Who's that Chiefs quarterback guy? <laughs> but yeah, that was a little disappointing when he said Chiefs quarterback. I had to good, call him out man. on that one. So I do like the episode. I thought it came out well, though. There is something I do have to get into. Like, okay, he did say the whole thing about hindsight. And this is a little bit of hindsight to look at it. But, I mean, I think on from the outside looking in, if you take a little perspective of where this, like, where the actual situation was with these trades, I think a lot of people would look at the situation and be like, wow, that's that's a pretty good deal for one guy on each of those trades. So the one I did want to point out, what I was looking for in the episode, Murray ends up the number 30 running back, okay? Kamara, uh, number 14. However, how many points did they score after the trades, okay? Then think about the timing. So when I looked this up, the timing of the trade was right before the New Orleans Saints by week. And all reports were after the bye week, Mr. Camara would have his rollback. Okay, so we know that. That's a fact. That's a fact in article form that at that moment, it was pretty clear that Alvin Kamara was getting his job back when he was coming back. So like to me, that's the proof in the pudding that Murray at that time did not have appropriate value. Like I call it negative value because he's more of a guy that you're going to have to shift off your roster at some point. He's more leaning towards that than he is towards starting. 
So I considered that almost a negative, especially at that point in the season. So anyway, he scored 34 more points the rest of the season. Latavius Murray did. 34 points, right? Alvin Kamara, 75 points the rest of the season. Okay, so that's that number, right? He scored double the points, Kamara to Murray. And not only that, Alvin Kamara scored 33 points. 33 points in two weeks, week 15 and week 16. He scored 33 points. So he scored as many points in week 15 and week 16, which happened to be what? Our fantasy playoffs. <laughs> That's when he got max production out of Camara and got shipping out, fooled somebody on Latavius Murray and shipped him out right at the right time and got him out of there. That's what I wanted to point out when it came to that. Like he's, that was a maneuver. Let's put it that way. It's a maneuver. Latavius Murray scored 21 points the week before. I get that. But if you look at it and you say, okay, I can click an article that says, oh, like, Kamara's like looking good, like coming out of the bye, he should be back in his starting role. Okay, so what is Latavius Murray worth anymore? Well, the numbers bear that he wasn't worth what anyone would want at that point. You're not looking for the number 30 running back for the rest of the season. Yeah, I just want Jay to come out and say like, yeah, dude, I won that trade. <laughs> I won that trade so bad, of course that helped me win. Like when I when I took Bell off him for Gurley that was like doing dog shit that year, Fuck yeah, I was happy. Fuck yeah, I got I pulled one over on you. But like it's kind of like a Dominican Sue being that like nasty player who steps on people's groins and this and that and then comes out oh. afterwards is like, no, What's the I, problem? I'm a nice player. <laughs> it's like we don't believe you. So like I just wish he would be like, Yeah, of course I pulled one over on him. I ultimately do give Jay respect to put himself in a position to maneuver and pull off these maneuvers. Absolutely. Like, okay, you won them deals and I I, I seen it. <laughs> I think that's a big misconception. Jay thinks that we're like mad at him for like pulling these off. No, you stole them. Like you should be happy. Okay. Like the other deal, I have a little stats here for you real quick. Oh, you know, and, and Jay even admits it in our episode, you guys, he said 90, 10, he won. He, I don't know if he got it. He said he won 90, 10 Hopkins for Tyrell Williams and Carolina defense. He knows and admitted he won that one 90-10, and he won the other one 60-40 in his mind. So just even by those numbers, it's like, yeah, you win and you win. I mean, 60-40 is like, okay, that's what you want to win. But, I mean, we projected as more than that. On the other trade, I have, you know, the other team involved only started those players, only chose to start those two players. You got two players, Tyrell Williams and the Carolina defense. He only started them six times. The Carolina defense literally scored 21 points the week before Jay trades him, and then only one double-digit points the rest of the season. So it's like literally like every every player on the other side that Jay gives away, like totally like flipped their season. Like everything was like ass backwards on, on the end of it. I mean, I get that that is technically hindsight, but I think a lot of people in our minds would have projected that kind of like out for that. I mean, he gets Derrick Henry. He's the number two back. He's the number two running back. Like, so yeah, I mean, that, that definitely changes things. When you pick up the number two running bag right at the deadline, that's a shifter. No, he was the shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah, but uh, honestly, guys, we do want to thank Jay for coming on. We appreciate it, and we did have fun with it. So it was fun. We're just razzing him a little bit. That's what we do in this league. And, you know, nobody gets butt hurt, so it's all fucking good. You know, I would just say, Jay, you know, I'll still make trades with you next year, man. Just don't step on my groin, man. That's all I ask. <laughs> no, just kidding. At least tell me you stepped on my groin after yeah. you walk <laughs> <laughs> after you walk away after stepping on my groin all right man <laughs> look at meg laughing <laughs> jay's never trained with me again so i don't have to worry about that ever since that bell deal <laughs> all-time records i did want to 
do a little all-time records because I have 69 and 35. During the same time period, Jay, 59 and 45. So I have him on record by about 10 games. All right, Rich, uh, real quick as we're moving on here in the back half. I saw that there was a prominent uh, fantasy podcast talking about David Johnson's value to the Texans organization. Uh, I was just wondering if you want to give your thoughts on that real quick, man. You know, I, I still listen in to the, um, to the, you know, the big one on ESPN um, just to kind of still give a gauge of what's going on. You know, it's always good to get, you know, a lot of sources. Uh, we want to be one of your sources, but, you know, branch out for sure. I, I think it's definitely worth your while to listen to a lot of different stuff. You gain all those different perspectives, and I think that's really what I was honing in on earlier. You get your own fantasy perspective at the end of the day, and you are your own expert. Really get down, get some sources, figure it out in your own head, make your decisions. But when it comes to David Johnson, yeah, they started kind of like flipping a little script in my head a little bit on that guy too. They were talking about, you know, organizationally, they invested in getting David Johnson into their organization. So when you do something like that, you kind of want to justify it. When you get there and you say, okay, we're going to use David Johnson, they're going to utilize him. To say that they're going to give him more carries based on that, Bill O'Brien would like to be right. So how is that going to work out? You got to give him the stats. Uh, so they're saying that. And, it, and the other stat that just kind of blew my mind real quick was um, combining the two backs last year in the Houston Texans would have made you the, a top five back. So that being said, I mean, that's great, but, you know, not all that production, but could that be top 10 production? Kind of piqued my interest. Like they, they want to utilize him. And, and are they a little bit like thinner at wide receiver now? So are they going to use David Johnson as a wide receiver? Um, and then the one other thing they kind of told me was his health. They kind of like trust in his health now. They think that that rest actually did well for all of the ailments that he had, and he's looking pretty good. So that's another thing that kind of blew my mind. I'm like, maybe I could think about this. You sure this isn't like someone that just bought a shitty car and was like, yeah, man, it's nice. You know, like the AC's nice. Like the seats are good. Like, look, the windows go up and down. The windows. Like, of course, they have to be right, like you said. So they're going to want to use him. They're going to say this and that. But come week or four or five, I've seen his back, man. Did he fix his back or is he just not playing a while and his back's fine? Because once he gets hit in his back again, it's going to hurt again. And then he can't play. So that's why I think he's a dud. You can get him for cheap for sure. And he has a high, high potential. But, I mean, you know how much I like Todd Gurley. But I trust more in Gurley than I do Dave Johnson. I agree there, yeah. Yeah, the injury stuff is tough, though, man. I mean... Because honestly, either of those guys, though, with a solidified role, I'd be pretty interested in. Like when we get to the bottom line of it, like if I could take health out of the out of the factors and I could just say David Johnson's going to be a 20 touch guy in Houston, I'd kind of like that. And if it went over 16 games, I'd probably end up kind of liking that. If he was getting 20 touches, that means he's getting consistent touches for a reason because he's doing well. So like, if I could get that, then I would, I would definitely like that production. So I don't know. It, it, it puts it in a tough situation where you might want to gamble at that price and take him on your roster. Right on guys. Yeah. David Johnson. I mean, it's, it's the injury risk and it's, you know, how much do you want to believe that he's turned the corner 
And that's, you know, there's several running backs and different players you could look at like that, you know. So it's, uh, I believe he is in a good situation, but it just remains to be seen if he can stay healthy. So Brad, you know, we were kind of talking about some of our draft day, you know, best values. Maybe some guys people might forget about come draft day. We were going to call this little section the dollar bin. So when we're thinking about the dollar dollar bin, y'all. When we're thinking about that dollar bin, Brad, what can our listeners kind of imagine in their mind, bro? See, when I think of a dollar bin is you go to Walmart and you got that nice bin of DVDs that all are for a dollar, you know, and you look in there and there's some classic. So you can't just like, you know, just because they're a dollar, just wash them away. I mean, you got great, great options in there. But real quick, Brad, the thing about that dollar bin, that huge crate in the middle of the aisle in Walmart. Yeah, there are a lot of sweet ass DVDs in there, but you got to dig for them. And it's the same idea with, you know, your dollar guys at the end of the draft. You got to dig around a little bit, see what you pull out. And there's some does, but there's some diamonds in the rough you know so yeah and we're here to help navigate you yeah they're clutch these guys are clutch though they, these guys are a vital piece to a draft where you really exceed value so i think it's important hell yeah man so brad picture this man you're digging around in that dvd bin flipping shit around you're practically diving in there and you pull out a gem man what did you pull out of that dollar bin give us a gem i'm gonna go with john brown john brown I think a lot of people are focusing on digs. You know, last year at the end of the year, him and Allen built a really good, nice rapport. So I think Diggs is going to command attention and Allen's just going to feel comfortable going to John Brown. So as long as he stays healthy, I mean, I know he had that sickle cell stuff, but I think ever since he left AZ, it seems to have kind of gone away from him. So as long as he stays healthy, I see him being a real deep threat talent, you know, a great number two wide receiver and possibly getting for a dollar so. This kind of just plays right into Brad's strategy. I think of Brad looks into more secondary wide receivers. A lot of times, number one wide receiver is going to take a lot of the defensive attention. So I think Brad looks to like that shifting point. I think that's a good, valuable lesson. I think you have to understand that a number one wide receiver has to beat double coverage a lot. Yeah, and you pay this top dollar for this number one wide receiver who sometimes gets two, three guys on him. I mean, you pay top dollar for a number one running back, you got five, six guys blocking the way for him. That wide receiver's got to do it all on his own. So that's a much more uphill battle to go. So to me, you can spend top dollar on the running backs, but those top receivers, I mean, you got to get your value for 45. And if he's getting three guys on him and getting you, you know, 60 yards and that's it, you're not really receiving that value. I mean, as a whole throughout the season, you will. But game to game, it gets tough. So sometimes you need them there and they're not there. So how about you, Rich? Give me something out of your dollar bin, man. Dig around in there, pull out a uh, Pulp Fiction out of the blue. You're like, look at this, a good movie in the dollar bin. Who do you got for me, man? I got some guys for you. I'll go with Drew Locke, though. I think that's kind of a little surpriser for you. A thriller. I got a thriller I pulled out of there. I think Drew Locke, you know, he's going to have these really nice, uh, really nice weapons going on in, in Denver. I think that's going to be a vastly improved team. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, all the wide receivers, Noah Fant, Brad, you know, we like that guy. Makes you want a Fanta. You know, honestly, he surprised me in his rookie season. I was kind of shocked at how well he was already doing. Kind of seems like he can drop some dimes and really throw some bombs. So I, I'm intrigued, at least, to say the least. So when it's a dollar and I see that little movie in there, that's that's one I'll give a try. I've I seen him floating around. It was, it was a movie. It's, uh, it looks pretty good. Let's give it a try. Let's see. Yeah, that's cool, man. So uh, if I'm rummaging around in there, you know, I'm going to pull out a little rookie tight end from the Chicago Bears. 
And, uh, yeah, Cole Komet. So they drafted him in the second round and also brought in Jimmy Graham. But uh, I've been reading a lot of reports that Cole Komet's uh, turning some heads in training camp. And it's one of these guys, you know, hey, maybe I'll throw him on my roster and cross my fingers. Uh, Might be a year or two early on him, but, hey, maybe not. So if there's one uh, guy I'm expecting on the Bears offense to maybe surprise some people, that's the guy I would pick. That's what I'm going with. Well, let's get right to it, Mark. I mean, we might as well talk about you put a little stack of roux on your list today. So let's just get right to it. True Trubisky on there, too. I mean, <laughs> for a dollar, uh, I don't know. The guy, he did have one really good year. You know, he's healthy. Uh, yeah. He's got a guy, a true uh, backup quarterback he's competing with for the starting job and Nick Foles. So. Yeah, maybe he can get back to uh, his old form and Nagy can scheme it up a little bit, get him into some good positions. So I guess, uh, you know, organically, Rich, I'm coming around a little bit on my pessimism on this Bears offense, bro. I feel like you're speaking with your heart, not your mind. I think he's been listening to me all offseason. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, actually, what I would say, a little comment is that what's good to do with the dollars, guys, though, if you have it within your roster, you could you want to take on these projects that could have high-end potential. Mr. Trubisky, if he flares back up again like he was that year, he could be the number two quarterback all over again. He was using his feet all over the place that year. So when we play fantasy football, even if he's inaccurate, that's okay if he's using his feet again. If he's using his feet, man, that's when I had him, and it was like, I like this guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Getting me rushing touchdowns, just getting me all kinds of rushing that he's picking up. Like Those are the really valuable guys in fantasy football. You want to find the feet if you can. Those are the quarterbacks I'm interested in. I mean, that's maybe a little strat there, I guess, but I like the guys who can use their feet. Aaron Rodgers used to be on that list. <laughs> It's true. Fred, let's go back to you, buddy. So you're digging around in there. You almost fell in. Maybe you're going to pull out a little gem in the New York Jets receiving core. Just hopefully it doesn't turn out to be speed two cruise control, bro. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> I actually feel like uh, now I'm looking at my list of guys that I kind of like the same thrillers, you know. I'm like an action guy or something because I seem to have a lot of number two wide receivers on my list. Uh-oh. Yeah, just kind of pointed that out and it's like, oh, wow. I, I skimmed your shit real quick. That was it. But yeah, you're, I think you're talking about Perryman. You know, I loved him down in Tampa last year. He, he filled in. He was a number three, bumped up to a number two, filled that role perfectly. So him going and having Sam Darnold throwing the ball, I see that being a nice connection. And that could be top, I don't know, 15. You know, that could be a really nice play. So if you can get him for a buck, I mean, he could be a top 24 guy for sure. So that number two wide receiver for a dollar, that's really good value. You're a Paraman guy as well over there, huh, Rich? I am. He was he was my breakout guy from there, but I've I've kind of like also got a my growing interest goes into the Jets passing game, and I, I think I've described it real quick. Bad defense, tough team. They're going to be playing from behind. I think the passing game is going to be good. So in my dollar bin, I happen to be like in the same like section, I guess. Um, I'm pulling out Chris Herndon at uh, tight end. I think the passing game is going to be like real nice, and I think I really like it when the teams play from behind that tight end, because that's that consistent, just outlet for the quarterback. Oh, shit goes awry. Here's a 12 yard chunk to my tight end. And then, you know, I mean, on top of that, Chris Herndon in the red zone, you know, he's a high end prolific guy in the red zone. So it's, you know, a matter of, he's got an injury thing. He's got a little bit of a head case type thing, but if he straightens all that out, man, he's got super talent. I'm high on the Jets passing offense this year as a fantasy option. 
Hell yeah. And Brad, uh, we'll get back to you. The Cowboys drafted a rookie receiver. So lay it out for me, man. If this guy's in your dollar bin, I mean, how many milliseconds is it going to take you to scoop him up? You talking about CeeDee Lamb? Oh, yeah. You got CeeDee Lamb on your dollar? Dude, I I watched him. He was making great cuts, making great routes. I think he's going to be special. And I feel like the Cowboys could be dangerous this year with the defense acquisitions. As long as there's not turmoil, I do like them. When you reach in the dollar bin and stuff, do you find ones that are like a little bit more expensive? Are they like three bucks? Well, sometimes. Sometimes, you know, someone accidentally dropped a $3 DVD in the dollar bin and you see it and you grab it. But, you know, you like it so much. You're like, dude, it's still worth three bucks. I still have to get it. But Pulp Fiction is a good movie. Because I'm telling you right now, that's one of those guys. CD Lamb will be a $3 guy because somebody else will be interested. That's fine. Okay. All right. So he's more of a Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a classic. Wow. You know what you could also do is, you know, just take that $3 DVD up to the register and say, hey, I found this in the dollar bin. It's Walmart. Price match. They'll still give it to you for a buck, man. They ain't going to give you any shit for it. I would love a price match. They'd ask every associate because you're in a fantasy football draft and there's 11 other people who get to decide, oh, no, you're going to pay at least two and they'll click the button and then you've got to click it back to three again. So <laughs> in our situation, you're going to pay three. So I'm saying, you know, you, you found one in there. That's fine. I mean, you, you could pay your three, but you're paying three on that guy. That's fine. That's fine. I, I would say it's still worth its value. I don't think it ever goes to four, but I could see it going to three. That situation of, oh, I want him, I nominate. Somebody else says two, and then no, I say, okay, no, no, no. I'll take him at three. Yeah. Yep. Who else we got? Yo, it's back up to me now, and I'm going to go ahead and pull Jalen Rager out the bin, the rookie wideout for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, the kid out of TCU, uh, he's the number 21 pick, and just kind of some intriguing uh, praise coming out for him. Uh, Doug Peterson, you know, had some interesting thoughts about him and kind of drafted him to be a number one guy. They took him in the first round, so it'll be interesting if he can ascend to that type of level in his rookie year. And, you know, you also just think about the injury-prone other receivers Philly has. So, you know, it's a guy to me who might be able to ascend to a pretty nice role early on in the season if it all works out. Yeah, I agree. I could see that. It'd be a nice little project. I got that too. I think I kind of went kind of the same route. It's funny. I, I, I didn't really see all that piece together, but almost all of us did. Uh, secondary wide receiver. I went with a rookie guy too, Justin Jefferson in, in Minnesota. Similar deal. Um, very talented kid. They used a high draft pick on him. I think he can fill that Stefan Diggs role like almost right out the gate. So I think he's got the talent for it. it takes away, you know, Adam Thielen's where the defense is going to be. Uh, they got to deal with Dalvin Cook in the backfield, so I think some things will break Justin Jefferson's way. I think it's kind of the same thing. Since we're just doing number two wide receivers, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. MVS is what's easier. That'll work. If Aaron Rodgers turns out not to be dog shit like we think he's going to be, <laughs> uh, and Jay says he is going to be a beast, then MVS will be a wonderful play because he was making some wonderful catches down the road. I'll tell you, like, I think one guy of these other receivers is going to stand out at some point this season. I'm not sure it's going to be MBS, though. That's your opinion. And I'm telling you that I've heard a lot of stuff about Alan Lazard. Okay. We'll note that and check midseason. Put it in your notes there, buddy. Done. Checkmate. Jay did say that Aaron Rodgers was a beast, but uh, he also said that Jordan Howard was a beast. So, I don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. But And Carlos Hyde. 
Anyways, Rich, back to you, buddy. Um, I think maybe a Bears wideout made your dollar bin gem list. So you scoop him out of the dollar bin, man. Who are we looking at? I like Anthony Miller. I think there was a stretch last year. It was about uh, six games where he he scored six touchdowns over six games. I, I liked his talent. Honestly, I'm in that situation where I think about what I think with Washington's uh, QB situation where something is going to be an improvement. It's either that Mitch Trubisky is going to be better or we're going to see Nick Foles who will be better than shitty Mitchell Trubisky. Either way, it is an improvement. So to me, I'm kind of invested too like as a nice little project for me where I think I'm going to pick out a piece out of the Chicago pieces and put it on my roster because I like the project. I think that people undervalue the Bears a little bit this year. So then I'm investing. I invest low and get the value out of it. It's simple, but that's what you need to do is is find a little bit of that for your roster. You need to sprinkle that in. So yeah, I like Anthony Miller a lot. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pull a running back out of that dollar bin and I'm going to go to Matt Breida down in, you know, Miami. You know, have a gut feeling on this one. I mean, I liked some of the things he did at San Francisco. Always a little bit injury prone, unfortunately. But, you know, maybe a fresh start in Miami. Uh, maybe he'll do something. Uh, a guy I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on. You got any thoughts on Brito, Brad? I definitely think he's going to be the one out of the backfield who's going to win the starting job. So I definitely like him. I mean, he's kind of one of those movies people like. And you're just like, yeah, that's a good movie, but I'll pass. <laughs> Uh, I think Ian Thomas might go for a dollar. Mm. And so, Rich, he might be one of those guys you might have to pay three, four, but I think he he's going to be something special. Mark, you're the one that initially turned me on to the Carolina team because with Ron Rivera leaving all this going on, I thought they were going to be total turmoil, this and that, total rebuild. But then you kind of talked about that bridge, that, <laughs> that Teddy Bridgewater guy. Yeah. And uh, I think he can be very serviceable. I think he's figured out what he needs to do, and he's going to play well, so... Carolina's back on my list. Yeah, you know, obviously everyone knows Christian McCaffrey is going to go for a huge price, but you can't forget about the rest of those pieces in Carolina. You know, the receivers maybe could be worth a buck, some of those guys as well, a couple bucks. And, you know, Ian Thomas, if you get him for a buck, yeah, he has potential to well, be a top 15 tight end play this year, I would think. so. I think people disrespect the other pieces in their head. Um, really undervalue it again so it's, it's kind of the same situation where yeah i might want to get invested a little bit um that can pay off for you all right rich who's the last guy you got for a buck who you gonna buy for a dollar actually the last guy i have for you is a, is a group of guys i got the washington defense for you the washington football team's defense so again with the undervalue i think this is a little bit of a more grinding division not a super high scoring division all the time there's potential for some high scoring games but i think for the most part the defenses bring it it kind of bases on a couple of players i really like chase young and montez sweat uh these guys are going to be really attacking the passer from the edges man it's going to be real tough it's going to be real tough to defend those two guys really coming in. Uh, they got a lot of different uh, good players scattered all about, but just solid defense. And and I look at a coaching staff change that consists of Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. So these guys are defensive mindset. These are hard-nosed guys. I'm looking forward to what they're going to do. Right on, yeah. You get that Washington D for a dollar, man, and, I mean, put them as your second defense. Yeah, they could definitely pop for you uh, down the road this season. So I like that little gem out the dollar bin and i guess it's just me that's left guys i got one more uh 
dollar bin dandy, I guess you would call him. And it's none other than the Todd Gurley handcuff, Ito Smith, Judge Ito. He's a guy that I would put on my roster for sure if I was going to acquire Todd Gurley because, I mean, at the end of the day, Rich, you've been kind of drilling it into my head all offseason, you too, Brad. Todd Gurley's got an arthritic knee, so arthritis doesn't magically get better on its own i like to believe that Gurley's going to have a huge bounce back season but it would probably be the smart move to advise all the fantasy listeners out there to go get ito smith and get him as a handcuff to Todd Gurley. so there you go rich i finally came around man how's it feel oh i like it man i think this is a <laughs> solid move I, squarely on the direction the path you should be on so you got to go into it not being able to trust Todd Gurley's legs, okay? Don't trust his knees. And if you, you go into it with that perception, then you're in the right perception. You're in the right mindset to go get that guy. It sounds like you're on that right mindset, man. You go get Edo Smith. I think Edo Smith is the play behind. There's Brian Hill there, but I think they've shown the propensity to go to Edo Smith. They showed it last year because they had injury struggles already. So that's wise, man. I like it. <laughs> it's wise. We spend a respectable amount on Todd Gurley <laughs> and then also get Edo Smith for a dollar. So don't go crazy and their values there. But that's also, I mean, you, you got to understand too, but that is a little bit of a decrease in value um, because you do have to hold a handcuff. Holding a handcuff kind of like on the overall pers- balance sheet of your roster, it is holding up that spot throughout the year. So I, it does give you this like kind of insurance policy and that is nice, but it is a balance. I mean, you have to balance that all year kind of mindset wise of I am limited now, especially with our limited bench, man. Yeah, I generally only handcuff my top back unless I view Gurley as that. Or an injury-prone guy. Yeah. Or a guy like, okay, so if I'm drafting Todd Gurley, I'm looking for a number 10 running back. So, Mark, are you telling yourself that Ito Smith has that potential in him? I think he does. I think he I think he can still get close there. He's good to be used in the passing game and a running back. So, like, I think he does. Yeah, I think he's a guy that most, you know, Todd Gurley owners should carry this year if your uh, roster construction allows it. And our league definitely don't make it easy, but I would probably give it a shot. All right, fellas. Well, that was a fun one. We're going to wrap it up right there. And yeah, man, I hope everybody was along for the ride and enjoyed it. And we're just going to keep cranking away, cranking out the content uh, as the season approaches. Brad, any parting thoughts for our listeners, bro? Be safe, smoke weed, and do your research. Dude, that was brilliant, man. That was perfect. Oh, yeah. I like that. Dropped it, dude. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. All right, Rich. We'll say goodbye to these guys and catch us all next time Peace. on the Organic Football Podcast. Late. Hasta luego. I'm going to deserve the Gobi after this podcast shit, man.